Hi listeners, welcome to the Alex Waters Show. I'm your host, Alex Waters, and on this week's episode, I've got with me Andrew Jester. Um, I met him through my 100 Coffees project, of course, which is kind of like how I've met many, 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 many interesting people. Um, this is a really good chat. We just went off the cuff and uh, talked about everything from the CIA declassifying UFO documents um, right through to... Uh, priorities in life and dealing with social media and uh, all sorts of things. So I'm not going to talk too much about it, but uh, as always, this is definitely worth a listen. I'll see you on the other side. It's the, it's the starting gong. Nice. <laughs> I'm ready. Andrew, good to have you, bro. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was actually the start of going. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just just made that up. Yeah. Um, for those listening, I've just got Andrew Jester here. We're um, about to dive into a bit of a chat, and you would have just heard the sound bowl that I've got. I got it from India, actually. Awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like in India as well. India. Yeah. Wow. Like I was in India. Surprised, like customs let you bring that back through. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I it's know. not like fruit of age. Yeah. yeah, well, who does? And then they go back to these countries, right? You know? Yeah. Um, interestingly, actually, I used that on the weekend as a part of like a ceremony. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've ever done any sound healing or anything like that before, but the vibrations are really insane. Right. Yeah. I have not, but um, that's very interesting. You were, you were down down south, is that correct? Waruna. Yeah. Waruna, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, it was awesome. So, bro, we, you were one of my coffees. 100 coffees I was and that seems to be a bit of a theme so I'm, I'm just meeting so many cool people through that avenue and then it's like oh fuck we should have recorded this yeah. conversation and shared it with people let's redo it uh, exactly yeah <laughs> do you remember what we spoke about <laughs> uh vague no, no, yeah <laughs> like I, I couldn't i couldn't replay the, the well you, you've probably caught up with more people since than i have so oh uh, yeah i would say i mean i catch yeah. up with, with with a few people but i think you've probably got me there in yeah terms okay. of like numbers yeah yeah. Well, you're obviously from the States. I am, yep. And you're feeling good to be in Australia right now with what's going on? I am, yeah. I, I mean, you know, in terms of like places in Australia, I think WA is probably the best in terms of just like freedoms and what we can do and whatnot. Um, and then in the US, you know, my parents are over there still. So I still kind of worry about them and whatnot. Mm. Maybe not so much for the virus itself, but if anything happened for them, you know, any other way, there's no really way to get over there and or come back essentially right. um, you, can't, you can't travel over there oh, yes so basically like flying yes yeah, so you can basically get an exemption to go back but apparently it's like one out of every 10 people uh get it yeah. so it's really rare so um and even even so getting over there and just be a massive kind of you know fucker out of basically yeah. <laughs> to, to do so just that that'd be the main thing i'd be worried about is if anything say happened to my parents yeah um, mm. which is always a big fear of mine because my parents are getting up there a little bit in age. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, it is a worry, but, you know, what can you do, I suppose, right now? Yeah. I'm sure, you know, if it really came to it, you'd be able to make a way yep. in some way. I've actually heard because my grandmother is in England and she's, uh, like, my whole family is pretty much in England, um, besides my immediate family and some in Melbourne. And, yeah, she's not, she's a little bit ill and, hmm. like, it's, it's basically really hard to get back. Like yeah. just even, you know, getting a flight, you have to basically pay for first class or business yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, just to get on a plane. I don't know what the situation is. I think the planes are socially distanced as well. So they're only carrying a certain number of people. Yeah. I was actually over in New York two years ago 
Um, and I'm in sort of like this Facebook group for it. And you should see the people in there. They're basically, you know, all their flights are getting canceled coming back. So they've scheduled, like they've bought tickets months in advance. Mm. It comes down to like maybe two or three weeks before and the flights are just getting axed. Basically only people that have like, you know, booked on, on first class and business have, have sort of kept their flights because... You know, that's where they're making their money, I guess. I suppose. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's not, not the greatest situation for most people, especially ones like wanting to get home as well. Yeah. Um, you know, New York is New York, I guess. But um, it's pretty sad over there at the moment. Like what I've heard, like something like 60% of restaurants in the US as a whole have like shut down. So wow. it's, it's going to be a big sort of, you know, transition period. Like obviously new ones will pop up, but it's kind of like somewhere like New York where it's, everything is sort of built on those small to medium businesses. Mm. It's just going to be a bit of a culture shift, I think, for a while. It's going towards like big corporations that actually have cash flow and whatnot. Mm. Whereas like yeah. these smaller businesses really don't have a lot in the in the bank just to like, you know, get through something like this. Yeah. And they're not getting the same level of assistance over there as we're getting in Australia. No, not at all. I think they got maybe one, one check of 1200 bucks and that was it. So yeah. um, it's pretty hard to live off that, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, I, like I'm traditionally pretty much an optimist right like i can yeah. always see the best in every situation but i do kind of question at the moment you've know, been having this conversation of are we like do we feel like we're in a bit of a bubble here because we're all we're pretty positive the, the housing market in wa is going crazy yeah. um you know even even the stock markets are all you know looking pretty strong and mm. it's like it's like nothing's happened yeah but what's going to happen when people have to start paying their mortgage again? Like what's going to happen when... Well, that's it. You know. I think, I think there's a lot of people wondering that as well because, you know, the, obviously the banks put this mortgage holiday re, uh, sort of repayment things in place and those are actually ending next month. Yeah. So you kind of wonder what's going to happen post that. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm actually like an optimist as well. Uh, but you kind of do sort of hear the rumblings about what could happen. Mm. Try not to think about them, but I just want to be prepared for them worst case as well, obviously, yeah. just in case. Um, so, you know, I've tried to like set myself up financially, just making sure that I have, you know, my income isn't isn't too badly hit, yeah. which I have done. Um, but, you know, there's always, you know, some unforeseen circumstance that can happen, especially like, you know, what happened with, you know, March, April with some of my clients. Yeah. Yeah, so I had probably four or five clients pause during that time. Yeah. And, um, you know, most of them, actually all of them have come back now, but, you know, some of them just, you know, had to pause everything and just shut the, shut the, everything shut down, business down for a couple months. Yeah. Just, you know, it wasn't viable to keep going. Mm. But to be positive on the other side, they've all come back and they come back stronger. Um, yeah. Like most of them have actually come back and done more business than they've done pre-COVID. So I think, you know, people are going out and actually supporting local business a lot more now. Yeah. They've, you know, they, they've, they've seen that without people's help, local business will die. And you can see what's happening in the US. We don't want that to happen here. Yeah. So uh, it's very important to get out there and just, you know, support as much as possible, I think. Definitely. We're, we're less concentrated with like big, big corporations yeah. here as well. Like, you know, as, as far as the, you know, the mammoths kind of scale that happens in the US. But uh, yeah, I mean, so tell us again, like um, when did you move from the US to Australia and what, like what triggered that move for you? It's a bit of a story actually. So um, I, I went to high school and everything in the US. So my best mate from high school actually was from here, from Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the year 2007. And I just decided to come out on a working holiday visa, which was just basically you can work for a couple of years um, and just do whatever, essentially. Um, so I came out here just on that, had to catch up with him, stayed at his house, worked here, you know, just 
went you know, was very, had a very merry time. Yeah. What job were you doing? Uh, I was just doing sales at like the shop, basically. I worked at Harvey Norman, actually. Yeah, right. <laughs> so she came to the U- I came yeah, to Australia yeah. from the US and worked at Harvey Norman. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like awesome. I was like a 21 year old guy and just like you know basically just wanted to get my feet wet. I actually credit that job a lot because I was a little bit reserved prior to that. And yeah. I dealt with a lot of sort of rejection at that job, yeah. which prepared me for everything else. Because you can't do sales without getting rejected a few times, right? So I think something with that job actually triggered in me and actually kind of like made me mentally stronger. Sure. Yeah. So you do grow up like kind of, uh, what, like a bit awkward, introverted? Honestly, yeah. Person? So through growing up in high school, I was actually quite introverted. Mm. Um, played basketball, but just wasn't, you know, just very low level sort of stuff. Kind of was just a bit skirted under the radar. But yeah, coming here actually got me out of my shell a lot, mainly because I think I could sort of start anew a mm. bit. Yeah, everyone kind of has a preconceived notion about who you are, what you do when you grow up. Yeah. You know, and if you leave that situation, you can obviously start anew and start something fresh. Yeah. Which was really good for me, actually. It actually helped me out a lot. Um, probably helped that I was like an American guy coming to the Australian. Everyone's like, oh, hey. <laughs> wanted, like wanted to get to know you. Yeah, you know, like made an so, effort with you because you're different. Something, something new and exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so yeah, after that, like I, I did uni here. I, you know, ended up sort of, I went back to the States for a little bit. But after that, I actually sold everything I owned. Like I mean, my car, my bed, like desk, everything I had. Packed everything into like two suitcases and then moved back over with pretty much no idea what I was going to do. Sweet. <laughs> so a bit of just, you know, blind faith, I suppose. Yeah. I did, knew, I knew I was actually going to do uni over here. Uh, so I came back over and actually did uni and then sort of like went from there. Could you get a hex debt and stuff? Yeah. So you can actually point? use the your US like financial aid to go to overseas oh, uni. Oh, okay. Same sort of thing as, yeah. Yeah. As you would you just here. get like a loan in the US? Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Not ideal, but you know, it is. Yeah. Are you still paying that off? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> no, it's mainly, it's mainly all good, but yeah. Yeah. So um, you, don't, don't, you can't, because like, um, in Australia, if you get a hex debt, um, there's a loophole where if you, if you leave, go overseas, if you go overseas. I heard they, they close that though. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I heard that too, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how good they are doing it, right? Well, I don't know. Let's mm. No, I mean, um, yeah. Look, it's it wasn't like the, the cheapest degree in the world, but it was the experience that I wanted. So basically, the town that I lived in 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 Oregon. This is like small town Oregon. It's probably had about 120, 130,000 people. Yeah. Um, it's one of those places that people get stuck a lot. So there's like limited jobs. There's like, they, they do have a uni there, which is pretty cool, but it's like a university town. So you don't sure. really get that really in Australia. But like during the semester, it was like 60,000 more people than it was off semester, essentially. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, people get stuck there with their job, their, you know, and everything in life. I just wanted a clean break and to start somewhere else. And I pretty much went as far away as I could to Perth. Um, and I think that's probably one of the things that actually, you know, drew me into the place, I think, as well. It was, again, starting afresh but just getting out of that situation where so many people get stuck mm. i've been back there a few times and you know things really haven't changed yeah and <laughs> Which, the people people there are just doing the same things and yeah i mean there have been people that i know that have left and people i know i've got friends that are, that are doing really well for themselves um but it's just kind of the the whole ethos of the city is not ideal it's, it kind of has a bit of a complacency kind of vibe to it yeah um which is which is fine people some people just want to like you know do their thing and just you know, chill out and live their life. Yeah. I wanted a bit more of adventure and just, you know, try something different. Everyone asked me that question. It's like, why did you come to Perth? And honestly, it was because of my best mate. But I don't know. It's like the vibe here, honestly. Like, yeah. it's uh, A, it's warm, which Eugene 
Oregon is not. Uh, that's, you know, it's just a really just like kind of miserable rainy season for like three quarters of the year. And B, just, you know, really, you know, bright people and just, um, mm. you know, just really, really, I found it quite open and friendly. You know, a lot of people think it's like clicky here, but I actually quite found it quite open. I don't to be think honest. it's that clicky. No, no, I actually, yeah. I quite enjoyed just like, you know, I, you know, and I've got like a massive friendship group here and, you know, you know, a bunch of good mates that I've had for life. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, it's funny. Like I, I feel like I've truly become Australian once I've been here longer than the U.S., which yeah, probably another. But you just congratulations because you just got your Australian yeah, citizenship. Yeah, thanks, man. About a week, literally Last a week. week ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, I've been a PR for a couple of years, um, and I just I came eligible late last year. Did the test, did all that, and yeah. had the actually had the first sort of ceremony post COVID. Uh, that they allowed, so right. they were doing them like via like Zoom and Skype and stuff really? like that, which I found quite impersonal. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, so I waited an extra month and got the proper one done. So yeah, no, it was really, really a big moment for me actually. Yeah, cool. Especially after like everything that I've gone through to get here. Like I've been on probably every visa imaginable. I think I've had some stressful times actually as well. Um, so basically, there was a time where I was waiting for one visa to go to the other. Mm-hmm. I had to wait on a visitor visa, yeah, which you're not actually allowed to work on. So I pretty much had no income for three months. Did you work? You didn't work? I didn't work, no. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure I did it properly. Yeah, okay. Just in case anyone's listening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, it was at the end of the day, I, I just sort of, I hung in there. I had some money saved and stuff, but it was a tough, you know, mentally and sort of financially, it was a tough time. They don't make it easy to get into Australia. No, though. they don't. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's look, it's, it's good to have standards, obviously, I think. You can't just let every single person in that wants to, I suppose, like, you know, there, are, there is a set of rules that you have to follow, which makes sense, I guess. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a hard time just like being kind of hopeless and like helpless really, I suppose, mm. just to not know there was nothing I could do. Really. Yeah. Just, just really much get through the time and, and get there. So, yeah. You yeah. know, like just on that and, um, like the notions of countries and borders, uh, I feel like it makes more sense when we're on an island like Australia. Yeah. But I had this experience where I was in Toronto and uh, in Canada and we went to Niagara Falls, which is like an hour away, yep. maybe on the train. Yep. And, you know, across the other side of the falls is the US mm. and there's a bridge that crosses and it's like Canadian flag, Canadian flag, Canadian flag, US flag, US flag. I'm like, you're telling me, and I didn't have my passport on me, right? So mm. I was, I'd left it back at the hotel and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't intend to cross the border. Yeah. But I'm like, the whole notion of the fact that this is different land yeah, is stupid. Like, it is it a bit. It seems stupid. And you think about Europe. This is the, well, Europe you get one passport, and, you can go anywhere, basically, yeah, in the EU, isn't, you know? For sure. But yeah. it's still different countries and, you know, different, like the same with Africa as well. And I think just that notion of, um, and South America, obviously every continent has it. But just the notion of like, yeah, you can't like you can't cross here without without this paperwork, mm. even though it's just a bit of land that someone's drawn a line across at some point. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It is. It is weird. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I mean, obviously, there's been wars in the past over all this, which is just crazy to think about. But um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a good point actually. I mean, do you ever think about a world where like that doesn't exist and and we you know you say oh well, it's good to have standards to come to Australia? I'm like, well, is it maybe? <laughs> well, like, what would happen if we didn't? 
Yeah. Would everyone just come here? But then wouldn't the middle of a desert like have people in it as well? Yeah, that's like a very <laughs> habitable land. But yeah, uh, just a giant like just oasis of people out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, in- interesting point, actually. I, uh, I've never thought of it that way. But um, yeah, I mean, one thing I think Canada probably doesn't want all the US people in there, I'd say. True. Especially because they have such a better healthcare system and whatnot as well. You know, like they actually have sort of, you know, government healthcare similar to Australia that protects its citizens and whatnot whereas yeah. us is kind of lagging behind in that and and honestly there's i've actually seen docos on people that actually illegally travel to canada to get their their medicine because it's subsidized by the government like it is here mm. so there's people that sort of like in the the detroit or michigan area which is kind of right in the border they um have a marriage over there and then they're able to get sort of like a, a card and they can you know there's a whole business behind it actually because it's, you know, a quarter of the price, sometimes more than that. Yeah, wow. And then, like, getting, like, healthcare and, uh, or getting, like, medical attention is obviously a lot cheaper as well. Yeah. So, it's it's an interesting interesting thing. I mean, I think to have, you know, everything open, you'd have to have sort of, like, standards across the board the same. Because, like, at the moment, I think Canada's healthcare system couldn't cope with every American just going up and flooding their healthcare system. Yeah. So, that's probably the only problem with that, I think. Yeah. So if they could somehow fix that and we we're all harmless and happy and the Work, same. Working together. Working together. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that would actually be great. But, yeah. you know, I think it's unfortunately probably a hard one to fix right at this stage. Mm. That's true. Maybe a problem to solve for another day. Maybe. <laughs> um, I just looked up that, that Hextet thing oh, yeah. and, um, yeah, it did get, it got shut down in 2019, I think. Yeah. So there's, you know, basically you, it was voluntary before to make your payments if you're overseas. Mm. Um, but now there's, um, clamped it down. Yeah. Done something like that. Right. Obviously Australian yeah. government always. Oh, there was a big loophole actually. <laughs> so I'm surprised well, I didn't do it sooner. Oh yeah. But yeah, look, I mean, it was a nice loophole for when it was, I suppose. I'm sure a lot of people are still overseas and not paying it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're always, always trying to make it make us pay for things yep that's it um man. yeah i mean what do you think about like the whole uh you know covid job keeper situation right now because i'm hearing from a lot of businesses actually that they're struggling to find people to work for them because there's all these people getting, getting heaps of free money from the yeah. government it, it's it's true i mean like it's it's i mean it's actually ending well i think they've actually extended it now but it was meant to end next month but yeah. it is an interesting sort of conundrum because you know the unemployment rate is so high technically but how many of those people actually want to work yeah you know, especially at the moment because it's kind of building out a complacency sort of thing where it's like oh well you know people can actually just sit at home and make more money than going in and working 20 hours a week at a job yeah i mean what's the point of going into the job really yeah. there's no real sort of motivation there it's definitely not no. especially if they hate their job if they, if they love their job maybe they will but like if it's just some sort of like shitty you know cafe work or something that they're not passionate about why are you there and that's yeah. the other thing. Like, why would you want to go at a job that you're not passionate about anyway? I mean, as a young person, sometimes you don't have a choice. But, you know, once you get older, obviously you have that choice to sort of like stay in a position or not. Yeah. And I've, I've explored that a lot. Like, I've, I've gone through a couple of jobs, which I just wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really a passion of mine, obviously, and mm. didn't see the future there. And I didn't stick around for as long as I needed to. You know, I could have, could have left, you know, a lot earlier, but I, uh, I did sort of eventually get out, which I think is key. Not yeah. to just like waste away your life working for the man that you really don't care about i suppose (laughs) do you do you think uh because i you know i I think lots of people come up with a challenge of like what what is their passion Mm. what should they do in life what what do you think about you know how did you what was your process to find what you're passionate about 
Well, working in digital marketing, I think that's that's obviously a bit, a bit of a passion for me. I, I did you know, marketing degree, commerce and whatnot. Um, I started working in traditional marketing, didn't really find that enjoyable, to be honest. And I just saw a bit of a gap of the market after a while and saw that I could help you know, these small and medium business owners just succeed. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gets me up and gets me going in the morning. Mm. So that really got me going in terms of like just wanting to build up my business and sort of help as many people as possible. Yeah. You know, obviously, I've turned it into a viable career, which helps as well. Um, so I can succeed in both in terms of like providing for myself and also providing for my clients. That's the key. So but is, it, is it like in terms of finding that passion, because it sounds like you kind of maybe slotted into that, is it just a matter of trying different things and as you said like not just doing a job for a few months and being like you know i'm not this isn't passionate like a passion of mine i'm gonna move on i mean i think it's trial and error a little bit um sometimes it's through experiences maybe like travel or whatnot and just discovering something in another country but it can be like a different whole whole gamut of things i think that can kind of contribute to it life experience obviously as well Mm. so you know when i was growing up i wanted to be like a government worker like my dad didn't work out that way but um yeah just uh just i don't know just, I, I think it's a combination of everything i suppose yeah just kind of like led me to this this point where i'm at right now yeah um and i've you know i've been in a really good spot for the last you know probably the last year and a half my business started to grow a lot more as well because of it i think you know passion as well because when i first started i was doing it part-time and i was dividing up my time between like multiple avenues of things mm. wasn't really focusing on the goal at the end of what i wanted uh, once I, I sort of set that target of what I wanted from that, I really started to like show the gains out of that. Yeah. Um, which is it's a big moment for me. And then probably in the last year, my business has done you know better than it ever has. Just, because just by focusing on the one thing. Laser yeah. focus. You know, I've got some little side hustles yeah. going on for, for the like, but they all kind of branch off of the, the, the main business. Yeah. So it's not something like completely out of the, out of the blue, really. It's yeah. uh, something somewhat related. Yeah, you know? sure. Mm. I've, um, I mean, I've played around with that a lot, like, but I, I've also kind of come to the conclusion that, um, I'll never be satisfied with one thing. <laughs> that, that is the, I, and, 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 I mean, yeah. And so I create a whole heap of problems for myself because yeah. I'm like constantly trying to do many, many things at once. Yeah. But I, yeah, I feel like I do it pretty well. And yeah. just cause because that that excites me yeah. you know what i mean like having many things excites me i think i'm a bit add so if i like try to focus on two things i might get shiny object syndrome and go off that way yeah but funnily enough uh one of the things that actually like gave me a bit of clarity so when i was in new york a couple of years ago i uh had an opportunity to meet gary v yeah believe it or not and um had about a only about a minute and a half convo with him but it was really like sort of and it, honestly it wasn't like that profound what he said Basically, I was doing something else with my business, and I had so I had a side business which was not related to what I was doing. Didn't really like it. Then I also had my main business, which I kind of neglected and wasn't really doing a lot with, but I still had you know clients and whatnot. And I sort of all I asked him was, you know, what do you think I should do? Do you think I'm not really passionate about this? You know, I'm really passionate about these. Like, you know what? Fuck that shit off. Just go to what you love. And I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I mean, at the end of the day, like. It's really simple words, but like coming from someone like him that, you know, well-respected and whatnot, it, it actually just like kind of resounded in me and really just mm. kind of like kind of gave me a bit of clarity. And from that, when I got back from New York, actually, is when I started like pushing a lot more time into the business. Yeah. So, it's interesting hearing Gary V talk about that because, you know, I mean, and you notice in his content, he is constantly trying to reaffirm that message. Mm. But I think people get confused 
by him because he is a businessman, yeah. really successful, working 24-7, yeah. like um, making big money. They call it hustle porn. Yeah, hustle that's, porn. That, that's what people call like what he, what he does. <laughs> right. He basically is just like all about the hustle all the time. Yeah. Some people say it's a bad thing because it's all, literally all about working 24-7 and that's what he always preaches that he like, yeah, I put all the yards for the wine store and everything else. Um, and then sort of at the end, you know, it paid off. But I think a lot of people were sort of saying that that's not really healthy, I suppose, just working 24-7. Yeah. Like for the body and mind, you obviously need to like rest. and For sure. But I mean, he says says that he does get a lot of sleep and he just like literally, he gets like eight hours sleep a night, but he literally just like loves what he's doing. Well, that's it. And that's that's why he says to people, just do what you're passionate about. And and I think the, um, the dichotomy that most people face is their desire for success in a certain way or like money or fame or significance like actually is contradicting maybe their real passion which might be i don't know like nursing or something and you you know there's i don't know any multi-millionaire nurses who you know what i mean like (laughs) well famous for that there's always someone in every field just like killing it in some way he made a good point on that it was like you know you can say you love i don't know being a sporting icon you're making millions of year but you know you're actually not happy because you have to deal with the press and everything else you got a guy that's like writing newspaper articles for basketball for like the local paper very passionate about like writing sport all that sort of thing and you know probably that guy's happier you know he's making a lot less money but he's doing what he really loves yeah and and not just in it for the money it's not all about the money honestly it's like you got to be passionate about what you're doing otherwise it's like what the fuck what's the point man yeah because you we're all gonna die and it doesn't matter how big your bank balance is like you know have 10 mil in the bank would just like hate my life i know know, because that's that's what happened you just die yeah and you'd be like well, you know, no one's going to be on their deathbed and be like, well, at least I've got money in the bank. Because yeah. it's in that moment that you realize it's just numbers on a screen. My and... dad actually said something to me once and he's like, you know what? It's only money. And that, that, yeah. it's like the simplest thing in the world, but like it's, it's only money. Like you can't just, you can't take it with you when you die, right? Yeah. So it's like, you've got money there. Yeah, you can set up your, your you know, potential kids and whatnot and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, like you want to have a happy life mm. and you don't want to like re- regret everything that you did. You know, maybe like whatever you're doing, like was hurting people, you know, that you don't want to have that in your conscience. Yeah. When you're on your deathbed and you're looking up at like, you know, everything that's going on and just reevaluating your life, you really want to be like, yeah, cool. I made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of what I want, you know, like, I'm not sure how much of a difference I'm making, but honestly, you know, for my business, I'm, I'm helping small business grow and whatnot. And, you know, maybe it is helping someone like, yeah. you know, giving them a better life because they're, they're getting more sales and, you know, they're, they're improving their self and, and whatnot as well. So hopefully at the end, I can look back and kind of say that I've, I've done that, you know? Mm. So that's, I think mine's like, um, I'll be, I'll be satisfied if I've had fun and said yes to new experiences. That's and another like, key thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know, like, yeah, that, that's something tangible for me. I can measure, mm. but like, I don't know how much um, of an impact I'm having on people. I think I am. Yeah. I, think I, I think I'm as well. Like, yeah, no, I mean, like yeah. you, 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 I mean, just the, the, the challenge that you're doing with the hundred coffees is pretty cool. I think, you know, that's when I got, you know, you asked me for that and I thought that was like, yeah, cool. You know, I like going out and meeting new people. It kind mm. of 
I have to in my industry, basically. Otherwise, I'd just be sitting in my computer all day and yeah. <laughs> being very pasty. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that like, you know, it's 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 all about experiencing things. I try to travel as much as possible. Actually, uh, should be in Europe right now oh, as we speak. Fuck. No way. <laughs> like, I what, what, wait, what date is it? Uh, what is it? The 19th, I think. Oh, man, I was supposed to leave today. I was, I was literally going to leave the 1st of August and uh, come back at the end of August. Yeah, so right. I would have been probably in Greece or something like that right now. Fuck. Man, yeah. I, was, I was supposed to leave today. You know what's um, really shit though? So I've got friends that are in London and stuff yeah. and they can all travel at the moment. So I oh, know people right. that are actually in Greece now from London. They, they basically like... They have, oh, they're allowed to travel around Europe. Yeah. There's certain countries they're not allowed to go to, but like a lot of them are actually just kind of like, you know, out doing stuff like at the beach and, you shit. know... Yeah, you know, it is what it well, is. I, I hope um I hope maybe at least like Bali opens up for New Year's or something. <laughs> we'll you see know, how just we go. like I mean it's basically just, if it opens up, it's basically just gonna be like, you know, another capital city of Australia. Yeah, New well, it's, it's like, been that way for a while, hasn't it, Bali? Yeah. It's like it's kind of like the, the unofficial other state yeah. of uh, of the country. So Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um Talking about, you know, kind of your work and, and what you do and obviously in digital marketing, how do you uh, sort of separate your work and use of social media? Like, do you just get, because I, I get sick of social media if I'm on it a lot, but, and I even yesterday, right, I download, sorry, I said to my friends, I'm like, I'm deleting social for a day or two because I just mm. need to smash out some work. Yeah. And then I, I get to this morning, I'm like, fuck, it's Wednesday. You, I'm launching. You need to message me. I'm yeah, well, <laughs> well, that, but I was yeah. like, I'm launching the podcast. And, like we launch podcasts every Wednesday. Yeah. So, so I'm like, I've got to post about it today. So I, I, I had to re-download Instagram. So I swear I, if I didn't work in marketing, I just wouldn't use it at all. But yeah. I use the message to talk to my parents and stuff like that, you know, but it is, it is hard to, to separate, honestly. Like I find myself on it way more than I'm comfortable being. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, it's it's the best way to, to reach an audience. You know, there's no really two ways around it. So, so that's it. That's it really. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I wish there was just like a. Funnily enough, so uh, on the weekend, <laughs> I actually it, got my account. My account was suspended for 24 hours. Okay. I had no idea why, but like, I I wouldn't check it, and then it was like trying to send me a recovery code didn't work, and for 24 hours I didn't have Facebook or Messenger. It was actually really nice, <laughs> like yeah. you know, kind of what you're doing. You know, it was like it was honestly stressful because my business is under there. Yeah. But at the other end, it was really nice just to have a bit of a break from social media. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that it's it, I sh- I shouldn't be that freaked out about it, but because of the business implications, I was. Oh, of course. I guess now you make money. So yeah. So um, but at the end of the day, it was it was actually a really nice sort of break for me. Yeah. Luckily, it was on the weekend. No one's trying to message me for like business stuff. But sure. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I try to separate as much as possible, but unfortunately, it's really hard in this climate to, to mm. really do it, especially now that there's. Well, I mean, there's still meetings going on, obviously in in Perth and whatnot. But you know, things are more digital now, so. It's, it's almost scary because, you know, we're, basically every media company or, or sort of social media platform has us by the balls, you know? Yeah. Like they could just fuck up our day like that and then we're done, you know? So they could, people get their accounts banned all the time and then you have to like redo it all and everything else. But, you know, people actually have their livelihoods attached to these accounts. Yeah. And if, you, you know, Facebook or whatever doesn't agree with what you're doing, they can just ban you or, you know whatever mm. um i was just don't, actually- just don't talk about vaccines you won't get banned <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> That's, I, someone 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 actually said that to me like recently They're like look joe rogan doesn't talk about vaccines ever on his podcast yeah. just to, like 
Just don't talk about vaccines and... Don't you know, fuck with Big Pharma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are you employed by that? Oh, no. <laughs> God, no. Um, yeah, and like, and like you, you pretty much avoid, you know, any censoring issues or anything. It's like, which, you know, just putting it out there, that should, maybe that's, that's uh, an indication of something. Interesting. You can draw your own conclusions from that. Yeah, yeah, good point. I, I do enjoy Joe Rogan, but yeah, he, he does. He's a bit sort of like has some topics that are a bit taboo that he doesn't really like go into. But he, he talks about everything, actually, generally speaking. I, yeah, I, uh, except for that. Except for that. That's what I mean. It's like he also has, I think, some uh, interests in the health industry and whatnot as well. So he's trying not to piss too many of the wrong people off. Yeah. I'd say. So it's obviously a business form. Like he monetizes it. So for sure. You can't like go after everyone, I suppose. Yeah. If you want to like actually stay on the air and yeah. not have a Jeffrey Epstein uh, incident. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is interesting, this whole concept of kind of things that are criminal versus things that are moral. Hmm. And, uh, you know, there is this huge issue of censorship at the moment right across social media, YouTube, hmm. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, just like taking people's pages down by the dozen shadow banning people, all that kind of stuff. And I suppose uh, the, the concern that I have with it all is like laws and, and our society have cha- has changed and evolved over a period of time as necessary. Like, you know, things like we used to have the death penalty in Australia. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if someone hadn't spoken up and out about that and said, hey, I think that's wrong. Maybe we should change the laws. Yeah. It wouldn't have changed. Still got that in the US though, in some states. Yeah, which, crazy. Is, which is just crazy. It, it just seems like, you know, capital punishment is pretty crazy to think about really. Yeah. Like, I, it is I mean, wild. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting sort of topic, but um, yeah, there's like, you know, and, and the US system is obviously like pretty messed up, honestly. Like some states you can get prosecuted by having, you know, the tiniest bit of weed and have three year sentence or something like that. Whereas some states is fully legalized. You can go buy it at the shops, you know? It just seems like a very flawed system in that way where like it's it's game to lose in a lot of these places yeah um but do you know do you know what i mean in terms of you know this i think what i'm what i'm heading is like a conversation about free speech yeah and and what i'm noticing probably everywhere but particularly in australia is like if you speak out about something you're shunned by the population right and people are like you shouldn't be speaking out about that that's it's law and i'm mm. like well you know, people Aboriginal are, people weren't allowed to vote until like 1965 or something. Women, women weren't allowed to, you know, everything happens by, by allowing free speech or evolution mm. has happened by allowing free speech because we have to understand that the ideals we have right now are what we have right now and need to evolve and change. 100%, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, people are kind of brought up to, to not question laws, you know, maybe maybe like mm. by their parents or whatever, but, you know, that's not really the narrative that we should be following. Like we need to also yeah. be constantly innovating and refreshing those laws, really, you know, that otherwise we're never going to, you know, evolve as a country. Yeah. So it's got to, has to be done, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, I mean, we break laws all the time, but oh, like... Yeah, I mean, you know, bend, break, you know, it's all... It's all there, I guess. Yeah, exactly. What are your priorities in, in your life? Like, how do you sort of assess what where you spend your time? And you, you know, on? I think personal growth has been a big thing for me this year. Um, just becoming a better person, just taking care of myself and 
learning more about myself. Mm. Um, like I said, when I, when I came over to Australia, I was really like kind of like a, just a bit of a shell. I was, you know, wasn't really out in the world and, and sort of didn't speak my mind and whatnot. So it kind of just went along with the narrative and whatnot. Um, but I'm just really trying to like, you know, just become a better version of myself. Yeah. Uh, it sounds really like ta- everyone kind of says that, but, <laughs> um, you know, trying to get more sleep, exercise more, um, put better things in my body, yeah. you know, drink more water, all that sort of stuff. You know, I did want to travel more and experience a few new countries, but that kind of got put on hold. But, and that was also going to further my personal development, I think, just, you know, experiencing new things and new places and new people and that mm. sort of thing. So that kind of thing's been put on hold, but I can still sort of, you know, learn about myself from, you know, myself really, I guess. Yeah. Just, uh, what are the things you've been learning about yourself? Um, you know, I think it, it's hard to just point out one, I think, but I, I, I really sort of discovered that I was, I was really um, passionate about what I'm doing. You know, it was really touch and go for a while and it, and it took me a long time and a lot of years to really like discover what I really wanted to do mm. and that I really wanted to focus on what I'm doing now. Yeah, and that that was the main thing I think, and just uh, you know, bought my house, have the whole sort of thing kind of coming together. But I really wasn't there in terms of what I wanted to do for you know at least the next few years in terms sure. of building my business. So, and how I'm, old are you now? I'm 30, 34. So you you feel like you've just figured that? I've out. I've just figured out. It's taken me yeah. forever. Honestly. And that's like, like yeah. I, I just want to share that because you know there's probably a lot of people listening who are a lot younger than you yeah. and I, and. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same. Like I, I almost feel like I'm still sort of figuring things out yeah. and maybe you never really get to a point where you've got it all figured out. But um, yeah, just like giving permission to people younger than or at any age really that it's okay if you want to make a change. It's okay if you don't know what you're doing. I didn't start my uni degree until I was 24. Yeah. So that's usually when people have finished by a few years. Yeah. Cool. So I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. Uh, I came over here, did a little bit of uni, stopped, worked, did some stuff, you know, just kind of went traveling, opened up a bit more as a person, finally kind of got the idea of marketing, ran with that. Mm. So I didn't finish till I was about 28. Yeah. I so I, I, I finished a lot later than most people, but that's okay. I mean, honestly, I think people take as long as you need to really just, you know, figure out what you want in life, really. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, it's, uh, I, I got in the workforce pretty late and then only started like discovering what I wanted to do for myself sort of a lot later as well. So I think the th- my thirties have been some of the most productive years of my life, honestly. Mm. My twenties, I was a little bit lost and didn't really know where I wanted to go. But, um, you know, people look at thirties, like a big, scary thing, but I think it's probably like some of the best times you'll have, honestly, in terms yeah. of like personal development and, and everything really, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I honestly feel like the next decade is this next decade is going to be like the best decade of my life. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I think so too, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to to talk. I've been wanting to talk on the podcast for a while about the CIA and uh, UFOs and stuff because yeah. um, I don't know how much you keep up with the New York Times, or whatever. But um, only like four weeks ago, I feel like you're just a good person to talk to about. They this. declassified documents. Yeah, I know about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't reckon people really. Uh, no, you know, you know, no one seemed funny? to take notice. I actually read something this the other day, and it was like someone was like, "People like the CIA just released all these documents about UFOs, and no one noticed because we're in the middle of a like crisis yeah. or whatever." You know, so it's almost like they did that strategically so no one would notice. I think so. Honestly, like it, it's a very interesting topic because I've always actually thought. UFOs were a big thing, and I, I I believe it in actually, to be honest. Yeah. So my dad told me this story when I was growing up, and he swears this by, his, by on his life, like he was about ten years old, 
and was looking out of his mum's, my grandma's ha- uh, window. And he swears that he saw an alien craft land on his lawn and then leave. Whoa. And he, he like, he's, he makes a lot of jokes, but he's like dead serious when he talks about this. And that actually sparked my interest when I was growing up and I kind of did more yeah. research and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a very, very interesting topic for sure. Like what made you kind of come up with this? Like what, what, what like sparked your interest in that? Stuff? Oh, a friend sent it to me and I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Did you? Because like, there, there were some other declassified documents as well yeah. on transcendental meditation and astral okay. projection. Do you know what that is? I refresh my memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, transcendental med- meditation is just a style of meditation and kind of yeah. accessing altered states within the brain and stuff okay. like that. So yep. they did a lot of stuff on that, which is cool. But astral projection is the uh, process of um, like closing my eyes and basically projecting my myself in in a physical sense out into the world somewhere else. As in, uh, I could astral project myself and go for a walk around the block yeah right and these parts in this so this is like all woo-woo spiritual hippie shit that people have been talking about for a long time and now the cia have verified like validated it really that's that's legit how did they sort of like do tests on that i wonder well so so they um uh they had the subject of of the test um they gave him specific longitude and latitude coordinates Mm. and then he astrally projected himself there and uh, and described kind of this um, like Russian spy base with satellites and stuff I'll go like that. Go visit my parents. Maybe I should, I should yeah. go visit my parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, go, um, go, go to Greece now. I can just tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You go lay on the beach. You just have to close your eyes. Um, yeah. So So that was the first step. And then they did a double-blinded study on like the second one and i'll um i'll add links to all this um at the end of the episode i'll send it to you but um the double blinded study was that they gave a map to the uh the people running the study that map just showed uh, ocean in a certain part and like some some land but it didn't show on it an a small island that was where they gave the coordinates to this guy yeah who was the subject so so the guy who who was the subject was given these coordinates once again and he starts describing an island um and like basically perfectly mapped it out and the people examining him were like oh it's bullshit because yeah you know on our map it's ocean yeah um but obviously they they found out that um Wow. It was legit. So that is, that is very interesting. Yeah. Well, it makes you think about yeah. uh, A, what's possible, but B, the fact that probably the CIA have used this to spy. Yeah. And therefore, you think about what other countries are doing, like to use it to spy. Yeah, right. And that's what humans can do. That's crazy. Yeah. No, wow. I, I need to read more to that document, actually. Yeah, I'll uh, send it to you. Um, I just think that's that's amazing, and and the whole UFO thing. Like, didn't they um, declassify information that said they were in possession of spacecraft or, or yeah. craft that like wasn't human? I saw some of the videos. It was like of fighter pilots, and they're like, "What? The f- what, what is that?" Like, yeah. that, it literally was just like not flying like any craft they had, and they even like admitted it on the video, which is really you know it's crazy to think about because like they're pretty much like admitting that like we have no idea what this is yeah and they they most likely do have something in their possession as well yeah like um yeah yeah we're not alone we're not basically <laughs> the truth the truth is out there well for any x-files fans i i um you know kind of going back to the borders thing 
and um, borders of countries. I I have this um, thesis that you know if we, if aliens were just to like invade us tomorrow, we'd probably just you know be like, oh okay, we're humans. You know, let's just stick together. Yeah. Um. Instead of all this separation and like <laughs> that's, infighting that's, that's sounds happening. Sounds like Independence Day, but uh, no, I think um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been years. Yeah. Movie, so. yeah. No, but, but I think it, it's kind of like the plot of every movie, right? So like basically. You know, everyone unites over a common threat. Yeah. Like a you know, interplanetary threat essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 true. And I think that's you know, something might happen in the future, like whatever natural disaster like an asteroid or whatever. Like people generally it's either gonna go two ways. You're gonna have everyone uniting or it's gonna be massive wars and everyone starts like fighting, essentially, which it could go either way. You yeah, know, China depends. China or Russia try and make Make friends with the enemy who's yeah, invading you, yeah. like that. So um, you would hope it goes the peaceful route, yeah. um, you know, and or if there is, you know, for instance, like an alien invasion, like you said, you know, that that would, you know, you would hope it would unite people. Mm. Um, but yeah, like it's um, it's very uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a good way to think about it. Really. Yeah, man, humans are just so weird. Like we've got, we've literally got the all the resources we need for everything here, and yet there's still like you know billions of people dying of like starvation every day that that statistic's not right obviously billions aren't dying every day but you know what i mean like billions in poverty yeah um yeah it it just it just baffles me sometimes yeah there's there's greed obviously it's a big big problem in the world yeah and uh, there's a lot of people that just aren't looked after obviously Mm. and uh yeah, it's uh, it's not a, not a great time for a lot of people at the moment, but you know, in and in, in general, but you know, hopefully, you know, sometime soon that we will we'll kind of unite on that front and, and mm. battle that that issue and just like hopefully eradicate it really. Yeah. You know, that that'd be if I can see that in my lifetime, that would be probably something I'd really like to see and mm. give me some hope for human <laughs> humankind going forward, you know? Yeah. Just have some sort of big issue like world hunger or something solved. Yeah. By some way or another. Yeah. Um, you know, and props to all the people out there like actually doing something about it, obviously. Yeah. There are there are a lot of like good people out there that have a lot more skills than I and and uh that can really make a difference. Mm. You know, so that's one of the things that I think about that I, I wish I kinda had a bit more reach on and, and you know, be able to help and I don't have probably the smarts or the uh <laughs> to, to get out there and do it, but you know, not everyone's built for it, but I, I really do hope that someone kinda comes up with a solution for it, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I had a friend suggest that we uh, we just like fly a plane across the world and, and drop psilocybin mushrooms everywhere. So, <laughs> so everyone starts eating them and they, they awaken. They start realizing what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone kind of works together as collectively to to solve the world's issues so. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea i think you need to have a pretty big supply to uh to drop huge, it to everyone <laughs> you have like supply. fields of, of of the mushrooms growing somewhere yeah yeah like, um yeah well maybe one day maybe one day hey, it's a business idea right? if, any, if anyone's can... listening that can help me with that then <laughs> you know or, or with the the world hunger thing yeah. um you know definitely get in touch please do um andrew it's been a pleasure Mate, it's been Good a pleasure chat. as well. Yeah. I really appreciate you having me down. Yeah. Thanks for coming to Cottesloe. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Definitely, man. Thanks, bro. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Alexander Waters uh, or 
check all the links below in the description for more on the CIA stuff to get in contact with Andrew um, and or use his business and uh, there's a few other things in there as well and don't forget to tune in to next week's episode I'll see you then